Hi everyone, welcome to Podculture Blaze D&D. This is Josh from Two Brothers Talk Games. I'm Tyler from Talking Fail, and I'm playing as Aiden Hobbs. Hi, I'm Ethan, and I'm playing Gary the Monk. Hello, I'm Kevin from the Nerdy Things Podcast. I will be playing Zargash, the Dragonborn Paladin. I'm Crystal from Board Game Blitz, and I'm playing Amethysia, the Half-Elf Bard. Okay, uh, welcome back everyone to Podcultured Plays D&D. Um, at the end of the last episode, the successful heroes had returned to town. Um, we uh, they, they helped Jer rebuild his tavern, and um, we, we kind of left it there. Um, one thing I didn't mention while we were playing, because I was not playing at full capacity, Crystal, you now have an inspiration dice, because I really liked what you did with your sleight of hand with the gems. Awesome! Yeah. Okay. The way inspiration dice work, um, for those who aren't very sure, you you roll a dice. If you don't like it, you can re-roll a d20. So I'll take it. If there's an attack you really need to make, it, it's a really, really good thing to have. And we also did everyone's spells and everything. Um, now, for those also listening, we're making use of an extra book called The Tome of Lost Spells, which I bought recently from a um, Humble Bundle. Um, it's still going now. I don't know if it'll be going by the time I post this episode. So um, you should have gone and done it. It's really good value for 17 American dollars. <laughs> Sucks to be you. You it missed does. it, apparently. <laughs> it's really good. There's some great books there. There's like thousands of pages worth of stuff for me to read and, and get evil ideas. But we left it last week. Um, Ethan, oh, sorry, Gary had just read a note from the Archprelate of the Order of Torniac, Zephyrinus. Um, so what did you guys do over your winter? Well, we did you know, lots of stuff. Hung out, shot the shit with the local wildlife. Got my meditation and tea on. I mean, Gary's all about that hermetic existence and spending the past few days dramatically with other people sort of burnt him out, so he had to spend three months alone. <laughs> Ethan, is that Gary or are we talking about someone else? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. Actually, um, I like the fact that you, you sent us all the, um, the Tekken 3 video of Wei Lu Long. Yeah, man, it was. That's basically what it was like. Yeah, just I imagine a huge golden Buddha. Well, that's what <laughs> you think. You assume. <laughs> I do assume. Um, Zagash, what did you get up to? I knocked down a bunch of trees. Good man. Was there anything more to it? Nope. All right. Hey, you had to keep in practice. We're all <laughs> keeping in practice. <laughs> I mean, he could have practiced his swinging the right end of the axe skills, but the trees were more helpful in the moment. An axe would have been more helpful. I knew I oh, wish yeah. I had to go around. <laughs> I meant hammer, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> he just stood there hammering at the trees. <laughs> I mean, if you ever go... I, I, I would imagine if the tree was giving you much trouble, you could just breathe on it. Fire breathe yes. on it. He's, he's a blue uh, dragonborn. He breathes lightning. What does he breathe? Oh. 
Well, that line doesn't work. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aiden, what did you do? Well, it's kind of pales in comparison to Zargash now. Uh, but uh, basically, Aiden just kept. Uh, he was helping all the, uh, the town's guards uh, practice, kind of keep up with their training, train up some new guards and replace some of the ones that were lost and help help fortify the village in case uh, somebody else decides to attack. Nice. So you trained up a bit of a citizen militia. Yeah. yeah. The, second, the Second Amendment, every man has the uh, right to bear arms. Or woman. Very good. That's Everyone has the right to bear a woman. I mean, they kind of do. Only with their consent and only with courtesy and gentlemanliness. Thank you, Ethan. I didn't Amethi- say that. I'm saying that. <laughs> Amethesia? Uh, so, Please Amethesia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having uh, just joined the College of Satire, uh, decided to help lift the spirits of everyone in the town. Uh, so she kind of on the down low got all of the wives and children of the rescued farmers together and uh, helped them create a comedy slash improv show um, kind of to cheer up the farmers and the town in general and just give everybody a lighthearted break from the winter and having to rebuild the town. And uh, the mayor, even the, our, our innkeeper mayor, chipped in by uh, organizing a large feast to go along with the show. Yeah, he he had a lot of booze. He he was he was happy to hand it out a bit. Yeah. Also, um, uh, it's an election year last year. Sorry, next year. So he's he's just getting ready for his campaign. I mean, this seems like a good food is and liquor are a good way to win the favor of people. So. Bread and circuses, man. Bread and circuses. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, so you guys set off the second the, uh, the winter snows allow, because you are very, very close to the mountains where you are. Um, your ride to the citadel of Torniac took three weeks, and by the time you've reached the citadel, night is falling. Um, oh, and as you guys left, the townspeople were absolutely cut up. There, there were parades, there were women throwing, like, handkerchiefs at you, flowers, everything, although where they got flowers in winter is beyond me um but yeah so you guys left to a definite fanfare but you then come to the citadel of Tonyak, as i said i did i did need some more handkerchiefs so that worked out well hey guys why does this handkerchief have an elastic band and two holes i'll explain it to you later (laughs) when you're older we'll explain all those differences to you so yeah Right. I, I don't know actually how a dragon born born. Like, do you come from eggs? Or I was totally gonna. I was totally gonna wait for like a lull in like the action or something, and be just be like, hey, uh, so Zargash, you're like, you're, is your mom a dragon and your dad? A, how does that? Were you hatched? What? I was gonna wait for like an awkward moment to. I think you just up. made one. Yep, that just happened. We <laughs> had three perfect. weeks on the road. Like, you could have asked at any time. Are we there yet? we got to keep <laughs> something in our back pocket. We can't let all the good stuff out all at once. Exactly. I put this handkerchief in my back pocket. 
as, okay, as, yeah, far, as, I, as, as far as I understand with Dragonborn, um, you've got a dragon in your ancestry, and dragons do tend to take human shape now and then. Um, it's similar to, say, like, tieflings or, or something like that. I was going to say it's a little like ancient Greek gods. Occasionally thought, yeah, it is. I'm bored of all these other gods. I'm going to shapeshift into a bull and hang out with the mortals. Or a swan or a shower of gold. Greek I mythology. would like to be half shower of gold for my next race. <laughs> Ew. Right, hold on, Nuts. I'm making a note. You want a golden shower. What else? <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. I really didn't intend to set that up. That's gross. Hey, look, Moving... a citadel. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aiden. Um, your party enters the grounds of the citadel. The stone walls are high and seem more suited to a fortress than to a holy order. The huge walls are dotted with towers, each of them flying the flag of the Holy White Hand. Soldiers stand guard at regular intervals, each of them wearing the chainmail and white cloaks of Torniac, their white enameled gauntlets raising salute each time you pass them. The grounds themselves resemble a military installation with set with... Sorry, just forgot how to talk. With smaller buildings, some of them obviously barracks or stables, but there are also areas dedicated to growing food, as well as an infirmary and a library. You are led to the keep, a huge central building with flags of Torniac's hand hanging on the walls. Um, so you guys are essentially just marched in under full military escort with honours. You're not frog-marched. It's very, very respectfully, you guys are treated as absolute, absolute VIPs. And you, you're pretty well marched just straight to the inner hall. You know, they stable your horses, they take your things, and they walk your things um, up to your rooms where you'll be staying for the night. The inner hall is huge and majestic, with stained glass windows showing Torniac reaching down and handing a hammer to humanity, providing a light into the darkness. The room, however, is somehow both majestic and humble. Seated at a large table before you is Zephyrianus, the arch-prelate. He's an older man with sharp, patrician features, clean-shaven but grey at the temples, with intense brown eyes. He wears simple white robes and beckons you to join him at the table. Guards stand at either of his sides. Um, if you're trying to get a visual for what he looks like, um, picture Jeremy Irons. I mean, I do that normally. Pretty much. And I just assume everyone looks like Jeremy Irons. That would be a wonderful world to live in. It really would. <laughs> Being Jeremy Irons. <laughs> okay, I like the Malkovich, Malkovich re reference there. That's nice. <laughs> Very good. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, dude, we got we got your letter in the mail. Uh, it wasn't spam, was it? Indeed not. Please be seated. Um, he gives thanks to Torniak in a short prayer, and has, and has you sit. Um, servants come out and very, very quickly put food on the table in front of you. It's quite simple, but it's very, very decent quality. Um, some good bread, some good cheese, a couple of vegetable stews, and a good side of roast beef. Thank you for the food. This is a nice little meal. It is Going. the least I could offer to you. Thank you. Can I get some hot water and like a splash of milk? Of course. He snaps his fingers and a wait servant appear, 
sorry, a wait servant appears with a kettle of hot water for you and a cup. I gotta, I gotta get me one of them. I feel like in the podcast we need a uh, a little like bell sound, and every time Gary wants tea, ding, the bell rings. <laughs> or just a vaguely British voice saying "Elevens is." Yeah, something. <laughs> I should like to thank you, adventurers. Your aid has had a greater impact than you could ever understand. Do you know why it is I sent you there? Uh, I can't, can't say that we do. There is a darkness coming. We have known about it for many years, that there is an evil in the world that we've been unable to combat directly. But first, please, allow me to show you Torniak's gratitude. He slides some packages across the table. They're not wrapped like Christmas presents. Um, Crystal, he puts a small package in front of you. Um, it's like a, um, it's like a small silk bag. Okay, well, I'm gonna, uh, should I, would it be polite for me to wait until everyone had their packages, or is he looking at me like I should open it? He's looking at you expectantly. Okay, well, I'm gonna open it then. (laughs) Excellent. You wouldn't want to disappoint Jeremy Irons. I mean, right. No one does. You take out a black... Zephyr Irons. Hey, you, um, you take out a roll of black cloth and unroll it. In this roll of black cloth, you can see these wonderfully, masterfully made set of thieves' tools. There are tension bars, there are picks, there are scrapes. There is the whole set. There's even a small set of pliers and a tiny set of um, like wire strippers and clippers. Sorry. Awesome. Not all of Tonyak's servants serve in the light, and there are many ways to come at the truth. So, Crystal, in your inventory, um, you can write down masterworked thieves' tools. Okay. So, what these do, these allow you to roll plus two on any roll that you have to say, open a door or disable a trap. So opening Mm. doors and disabling traps, got it. Yeah, you'll be really, really good at it, particularly with your abilities with, especially with your existing proficiency and your dex bonus, you'll be opening doors really, really easily. He looks at Zargash next and pulls out a heavier bundle. Again, it's just like a, um, like a large piece of folded cloth. Zagash. I tear it open. Not all fights are won in the light. Some require subtlety and a familiarity with the shadows. As you lift up this cloak, you notice that it catches the light in a really interesting way that it seems to, no matter which way you turn it, and no matter which direction you hold it in, it seems to try to match the background that it's against. Did he just get a cape of invisibility? Not quite. What you got is called a cloak of elven kind. So when you're wearing it, if anyone is trying to try and see you, they actually roll at disadvantage. And um, you have an advantage on stealth checks made to hide. 
So anytime you need to hide in the shadows, you're probably going to manage it very, very easily. Nice. I'm the best. You are. It's also in reference to that 20 you rolled on your stealth check. Heck yeah. I love that the biggest dude in our party is the one who's the most skilled at hiding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking after that 20, he's not the one who needs help. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Aiden? And and the rich get richer. They do. That's how capitalism works, people. Not communism. Um, Aiden, he puts in front of you a small, um, they look like, uh, leather braces that you'd wear on your forearms. All right. What do these do? The Hobbs family is well known, even to us. May these help you shoot true. These are braces of archery. So while you wear them, you have proficiency with longbow and shortbow, which you already have, but also you gain plus two to damage rolls. Or attack rolls. Cool. So in other words, if you accidentally shoot at Zargash again, you're probably really going to hurt him. Well, that's easy. You just don't shoot at Zargash anymore. (laughs) What if he does that and then Zargash accidentally rips his arms off and takes the bracers for himself? Would Zargash then have archery? Yeah. (laughs) I think you already are. I, th- I think as a paladin, you have proficiency with all martial weapons, which includes logan bows, short bows, crossbows, everything. Yeah, but then I'd get a bonus. Just keep that in <laughs> mind, Aid. <laughs> I-, I support your right to bear arms. <laughs> but what if he's bearing your arm? Uh, then it's just. <laughs> I'm glad we brought that. And then it would so. it wouldn't just be right; it would be right and left arms. Uh, back off! I'm armed, man. To anybody listening to this uh, after the fact, note that our dungeon master has told us that puns will potentially get us bonus things sometimes. So we're going to keep throwing the puns out there. Sometimes they might. Okay. Gary, he looks directly up at you. And he Come picks on, up a you small... bike. <laughs> <laughs> he picks up a small woven basket. In it, you... And puts it on the table and slides it towards you. All right. Uh, in the last for... few years, there have been tremendous advances in the fields of personal hygiene. Oh, thank you. Are you <laughs> sure this isn't for Zagash? Very. <laughs> All right. And then he reaches down and and he pulls out a pair of boots and puts and slides them across the table for you. For one such as cool. yourself, you may find these quite useful. These are boots of striding and springing. So while you wear these boots, um, your walking speed becomes 30 feet, unless it's really high, which in your case it is, Ethan. However, your jump is now three times the distance. Oh, let me write this down. Boots of triple long jump. Okay. Pretty much. So the way leaping works, as long as you get a 10-foot run-up, I believe it is, um, you leap equivalent to your strength. So, Ethan, how far can uh, you leap now? So, 12 times... Uh, 36 feet. Cool. I'm going for the gold. You are. That's 
farther than most of us can run, like, in a single turn. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just gonna jump everywhere now. <laughs> I'm gonna be like that one He-Man character. Just jumping everywhere. Is that Rare Man? I think so. Yeah. I just remember there was a He-Man character who could only jump. He bids you to sit thanks, down again. Thanks, dude. I'll put these to creative and interesting use. Next time there's a burning in. Yes, we heard of that. A few days' ride from here is the city of Redok, a place of many mysteries. I'm sending you there to track down a tome for me. The Prohibitus Autum Libro Nomina. It is an ancient text of law and knowledge. Your first task is to consult with the prelate, Aurel. He is the head of the church in that city. There are others I would why do you need? Sorry. Why do you need a group of, yeah, I say, why do you need a group of four people to go get this book for you? What's the, what's the catch? Is the book haunted? The book is old, very old, and contains much forbidden knowledge that I would not have fallen into other hands. Right now, I fear that there are many unloyal eyes, even within the church, and I fear for the safety of that text. It will not be an easy thing to find, and there will be many evils you will confront. What, like the Dewey Decimal System? No. They don't know what that is. <laughs> is there like something we gotta say before we pick it up? Like, <laughs> is there three magic words? Klaatu Barata Nikto. Sorry, it's just ancient tongue. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Ethan might. Um, if it was written down. He gives you a small I'm totally reading white, this book, by the way. He gives you a small white cloth bag and says, when you secure the text, keep it safe in here. It will hopefully keep you safe of its influence. It is a cursed book. And right. tell none, not even Aurel, what you seek. While he is powerful, I cannot trust even him, though you can trust him too. At least keep you safe and provide you with some supplies. So, so, got... no, so sorry. Um, so we're supposed to talk to Orel, but we can't. We're supposed to talk to him to uh, to get the book. No, but we're not supposed to ask. Tell him that we're, tell him that we're looking for the book. The book is hidden. I am unsure where. Although I have other agents who have confirmed, that is the best place to look. So it's possible Aurel, that the book isn't even there? It is possible. However, the book... You'll forgive me. I am conflicted over how much I should tell you for your own safety. Well, I'm totally going to read it if you don't tell me anything, so... <laughs> I would advise against that, Gary. Even it's one a, of your it's a haunted book. Be, it is evil. Yeah, that's it what they the, say about all sorts of things. It is the book of the true names of many of the denizens of the Lower Hells. That seems like reading it's a precautionary measure. It's just, yeah, it's just like the yellow, yellow pages. Yeah. They don't you have yellow pages either. 
The Stygian yellow pages. Okay. I can see why we want this. So we're going for a haunted baby naming book. Let's go. <laughs> Man up, gents. I am really not sure of the wisdom of this course now. <laughs> he, he's unsure. Don't, Fluffy don't, gives him a look. Don't, don't mind the boys. They're, we're just, you know, we had a long winter and it's it's been trying mentally so we uh we've been a little out of sorts but i promise hey. we will we'll, we'll get the book for you and we'll bring it back safely look i am trying mentally all right <laughs> yes i can see that i can certainly see the city of red oak has seen increased activity by cults the evil i speak of there are other planes of existence beyond this one. And always they are trying to force their way through. With this book, we can perhaps keep some of them at bay. And I have chosen you because no one knows who you are. You are not agents of my church. You are not famous mercenaries. You are relatively unknown and that keeps you safe. I'll right, provide you enough. with I'll provide you with supplies, please. Sleep well tonight. You leave before dawn. And he gets up. I have a I have a quick question. Hmm. Um if we if somehow we can't get retrieve the book, but we um would a, the next destroy best it. option would be to destroy it. Okay, just checking. Thanks. But do not fail in retrieving it. The lore inside is priceless. With it, we could win the war. Yeah, but, but if I had a choice between like destroying it or letting it fall into evil hands, I'm gonna destroy it, right? Like that's. Don't tell him that. You will make the choice you find pushed upon you by Torniak. I trust we'll that your hands and eyes will go with the light. What about the rest of us? I trust you well enough, <laughs> or else you would not be here. Please, all of you, get some sleep. All right, good night. Thank you. All right. Are we sleeping here at the table? No, they took our stuff up to our room. Yeah, he, okay. he, has, he clicked his fingers and servants come and lead you to your rooms. You, you've each got your own room as well. So none of you have to stay in your rooms. Sorry, none of you have to share rooms with each other, which is a, it's a privilege in a military installation. Gary, when you get to your room, you find a steam, a, a large tub of steaming hot water. Cool. Ding. Night. Thanks, guys. No, not not cool. Steaming hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for tea. There's like a loofah and some soap next to it. There's a towel. What, what impressive ornaments they have here. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Gary will be washed. It'll be great. Okay. I don't know what they're trying to do here, guys. You guys set off the next morning. Um, he supplies you with two wagons um, that are essentially loaded up with supplies. Um, the wagons themselves are just... It's, it's essentially... I'm sorry, not two wagons, just the one. The wagon itself is essentially just a flatbed full of some basic supplies in the back. Um, two people can sit on like the, um, the part where the reins are. I can't think of what that's called. Um, two of you can ride horses, 
and you could have the other two horses trailing behind. So, who wishes to drive the wagon? Me. Me. I'm driving the wagon. I got, I got wagon duty. Okay. Um, Dragon wagon. The... Wagon. Oh I immediately unfurl the, the giant tapestry that we have that shows the wizard and the lightning and the awesome stuff and put it on the side of the wagon. You could probably, what I'll allow, because it doesn't really have like a side to hang, to hang it on. It's like a flatbed with a couple of raised sides. And what you could do is you could like hammer a pole into it and like hang it off like a flag. Yep. Done. Yes. <laughs> this is like the mystery machine now. I mean. Uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ride on a horse. <laughs> so. I mean, Zargash yeah, is I... clearly Freddy. Aiden is um, Shaggy with Fluffy. I'm just wondering which of the two of you is Velma. <laughs> <laughs> Gary? Well, okay. we'll think about it. Okay. Oh, um, I thought Zephyr Hyans wanted us to, to travel incognito. Well, yeah, do we need to, to, like, come up with a cover or something? No, we're traveling in a wagon. Okay. You're essentially, tra- you look like traveling merchants. Sure. I mean, uh, all right. the the wagon itself is is got no ornamentation on it whatsoever. That would show that would say that it's from the Church of Torniac. Other than the kick-ass flag. Well, the kick-ass flag wouldn't say that you're members of the church. It would say that. Um, I mean, people might think you're some kind of band. Yeah, we do have one musician. Okay, we have a cover story. We're not. Uh-huh. We're not mercenaries. We're a progressive Mistress. metal band. <laughs> What's the name of your progressive metal band? Dragonborn Force. <laughs> I hate you. Um, Dragonborn Scorn. Oh, Dragon Scorn. There we go. There you go. I still hate you, Ethan. Um, Amethysia and Aiden and Zagash, can I get each of you to roll me a D100? <laughs> Yep. Oh, man, this tissue having elastic makes it really handy. <laughs> Holy cow, I rolled a 99. How'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know. That's amazing. Or maybe it's bad based on the laughter that I'm getting now. <laughs> Just a fit in. Okay. <laughs> Ethan, you didn't need to. Um, the first week of your journey, it's dull it's exceedingly dull but you guys are a long way from civilization and you trundle on every day you camp every night you keep watch you eat the food that they pack for you and nothing happens in the second week um as you're driving down a road you see a man in red robes walking along the path in the opposite direction as he comes near you he looks up and he sees gary Anger clouds his face, and he approaches you. My name what up, bro? is Wukong Na. In the name of wind and water, I challenge you. Oh, we gotta do this now. Look, I'm really busy. This wagon ain't gonna move itself. You are a coward. Hey, sir. That's been scientifically proven to be wrong. I'm, he I'm really brave. He reaches into his ropes and takes out a pair of clubs that are joined together 
uh, by a length of chain and starts flailing it around. You fight me now, at your choice or by mine. Um, to provide a little bit of reasoning behind this, he is a member of the Willful Dragon School, who are absolutely opposed to Gary's school, the Harmonious Worm. Um, the history between these monasteries is turbulent and long. Both were started at the same time by two brothers who were dragons. They argued as to whether the universe needs chaos or order. Since their inception, the members of the two schools have engaged in combat whenever they meet. The combat is always one-on-one, -on -one, um, and the challenged party, Gary in this case, can specify whether it's lethal or non-lethal. Well... So in theory, Gary could die right now. No, he can, he, he can choose whether it's lethal or non-lethal. He gets to set the terms as the challenge. Right, but I'm, just, I'm saying if he chose lethal and lost, we would lose Gary. That's correct. Look, don't worry about it. Look, like, uh, so sorry, it's like we got this Crips and Bloods thing going on. Let me just kick this guy's ass and we'll get back onto things. He, so he's glaring at you and, and flailing around with his monk weapon. Can I just, like, watch him for five minutes and wait until he hits himself with it? You watch for five minutes. For he keeps going. It, he's actually got quite a good routine. Um, it's all worked out, and then he doesn't hit himself. All right, this guy's no amateur. Look, this this will just take a second. All right. Okay. Roll initiative. Non-lethal. Non-lethal. I gotta educate him. I will show you the power of my school, coward. Okay, he rolls a fifteen dude. for initiative. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I roll a. Uh, 20. Natural 20, okay. <laughs> um, I like jump off the wagon as far as I can jump to intimidate him. So, so you leap up in the air, um, spinning your staff around your head. Okay, um, Ethan, roll your attacks. Alright, the staff. Whoa, okay. Well, at least I got him with the kung fu. Okay, so you bring the staff down and he just moves to the side. He starts to sneer and you spin and your foot catches him straight in the side of the head. Uh, roll me a d4. Oh, nice. Okay. Excellent. Um, do you want to do anything else? Are you all done? Um, that's my moves. I ain't gonna pop no cheat points for this punk. <laughs> hey, 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 Zargash, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? <sighs> okay. Um, he comes at Ethan, the flail whirling around his body. Um... Ethan, does a 17 doesn't hit you, does it? I think it does. I think that's my armor class. No, my armor class is 18. <sighs> so very lucky, boy. Here. And then he follows does up. He have, does that say, does he have a follow-up kung fu? Because I bet he does. Yeah, he does. He's a monk. Yeah. Okay, and he certainly misses. Um... As you watch the fist go past your head, he follows up with an elbow, and you can feel the, the flow of chi around his body, but he misses even then. So he flails at you with his nunchucks, you block it with the staff, he tried to turn that into a chop to the neck, you block that with your other arm, he raised a knee, and you just patted it away with your hand. Okay, Alright. Um, roll again. I guess we got, we got like another week, so I can probably pop my G points back on. I'm going to flurry of blows him right back. Okay. Kid, let uh, me show you how this three works. Attacks. There's my staff, <laughs> which critted him. 
and my kung fu, which belted the shit out of him. <laughs> okay, don't bother rolling damage. <laughs> <laughs> Your staff strikes him in the leg, and he just turns awkwardly, like you've done something to his knee. Your first palm strike catches him straight across the chin, and your second one comes up from underneath and just knocks his head back. He collapses backwards straight onto the ground. Harmonious worm rules. Yeah, you really tore apart that woo with your method, man. Yeah. I thought that was a class gag. Um, no, that was good. I'm trying to figure out a way to work like the tang in his mouth into this, but it's not working. <laughs> hey, Ethan, you harmonious brought the worm ain't harmonious worm ain't nothing to fuck with. Indeed not. Um, as you're getting back on the wagon, he comes to you. He bows, and you see him take off of his neck a um a medal. It's a small medallion depicting a dragon. You you recognize that it's actually um, something from your school. So this guy had clearly defeated someone from your monastery previously. Um, It's got no value, but it looks pretty cool. You know, you could have just mailed this to me. It would have been way easier. Is it a bottle opener? You know, I can I can imagine a bottle opener shaped like like a dragon's head. I can I have that in my brain. That would be a pretty cool bottle opener. Um, and he just quite chain canes off into the distance. So good encounter, Ethan. See, you, dude. He says nothing. He just keeps walking. I'm, okay. I'm sorry about that, guys. It's like a monk thing. It's it's really embarrassing. Yeah, no worries. Nice. Okay. Um, your party trundles along for another week. Um, and say midweek on the next week, um, you come across a party of pilgrims. Um, these are from, these aren't from the church of Torniac. Um, they're, they're just essentially making their way to the big city that they, they follow a different God. Um, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Uh, I think it was Shantae. The goddess of uh, life and the harvest. Um, they bid you to join a meal. Um, it's pretty good. But again, nothing particularly interesting unless there are any questions you have to ask them. So how far away is this Rondell place? Redook. Redook. Yeah, sorry. You're about two weeks. All right. All right. Um, is there any like? Anything anything crazy going down? No, the road's been quiet. We did pass a fellow traveller a week ago or so. A, a solitary fellow in a red cloak. He looked very angry at something. Yeah, yeah, he- I'll bet. He was heading the same direction we are? <laughs> yes. I. Did you not see him on the road? I hope nothing uh, happened no, to we, him. We had been stopped, so um, we had, hadn't seen him. I hope he got to where he was going. He sure did. <laughs> they look at you funny, Gary. They're not sure what you mean. Okay. Um, I don't care what they, they as think. You guys, as you guys pack up, um, the next few days are quiet once more. Um, 
but as you come within what you think is probably a couple of days from the city, um, Aiden, how good's your perception? Um, I mean, if you have to ask, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Can you give me a couple of D20s? And wait a second. It's okay. Natalie's just tiptoeing in. Hi, Natalie. You're beautiful. That's Hi, getting Natalie. cut from the record. That's okay. Okay. Natalie's awesome. She is. I'm a very, very lucky man. And resuming recording. Um, excellent. There's that word. Everybody drink. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Oh gosh, that does not translate well over audio. That is horrible. Thank you for whoever did that. Um, You're welcome. Aiden, <laughs> Fluffy is padding along ahead of the wagon. Um, you know, she, she's like a dog on a long walk. You know, tail wagging, ears up. She's having a great time. And she suddenly just stops and suddenly starts growling ahead. It's daytime still, right? It is still daytime. It's probably about 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and, right. and she's uh, just then growling. Then... Like, her hackles are up. Like, like you've not seen her this angry and this ready. All right. I'm going to dismount and draw my bow and arrow and kind of, you know, stand next to her and just Excellent. be ready for whatever comes. You, you can this is no her. time for art. Get your weapons ready. You, you can hear a roaring and a trampling in the underbrush. Something is coming towards you, and it's large. Okay. About 45 feet away from you, you see a huge form burst onto the road. It seems like a mockery of nature in a, in a, in a d terrifying combination of both bear and owl. Oh, no. It roars on An the owl road. An owlbear. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what a, a weird name. A you'd think it'd be called a bowel. Uh, you'd think it wouldn't, actually. <laughs> that joke was foul. Do you want to fight a bowel? I don't want to fight a bowel. Nobody I don't will. think any of us wants to take on a bowel condition. See? Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, Aiden, you can, you, can talk to do, you can talk to it. What's its problem? Well, I think I can only talk to... Uh, uh, like friendly any, animals. Any animal you can try to talk oh. to. Okay, well then I'm going to try and talk to it. Okay. Green lights flash, flash in front of your eyes and the roaring of the bear slowly transitions from just a senseless noise to what you vaguely recognize as speech. My place. Mine. All of you. Mine. Mine. Well, we're just passing through, so if you could just, you know, let us go, we'll, we won't uh, we won't be forced to, to, you know, to fight and probably kill you. I am strongest. I am strongest. This is mine. And it starts to growl, and m most animals have a threat display. This one starts making itself look big, and it just, raw, uh, it just stands up onto its back feet and starts just slowly walking towards you. And then it lifts its head and roars again, just yelling, mine. 
Well, what I mean, what do you want? Do you or do you, are you do you want some food? Is that what you're you're after? Give me a charisma check or a persuasion. What's your charisma bonus? Do you have one? Plus one. That is just enough. Um, <laughs> it leans down. Sorry, it lands, stops roaring, and just cocks its head to the side. Food. Lots of food. Uh, well, All your we. Food. Uh, all of our food. Well, we, we still have to travel for a couple more weeks, uh, but we can give you something, but not all. Fill my belly or I'll fill it with you. I mean, how now, much food have we got in the bag? You've you got a lot of food. I mean, the, the city, as you consider, is probably about three days away, and you've got at least a couple of weeks' worth. All right. Well, all right. We'll give you what you need. Okay, so you you take like a large sack of food and a, and a huge like side of bacon or something and just slowly walk it out to the beast. It just kind of crouches in the middle of the road and just starts viciously pecking and tearing at the meat. You go now. And then it picks up the meat and just trundles off into the forest. So... Guys, well done. Um, I can't give you the XP for killing it, <laughs> which I was kind of wanted to fight it. Um, but each of you get 150 XP. Cool. Wait, yeah. we didn't get XP after I kicked that dude's ass. No. Nope. <laughs> well, no, we, it was we, pretty easy. It wasn't really much of an experience. No. I mean, you just beat the hell out of someone who picked a fight they knew they couldn't win. Well, I, I think know, after that second round, he was just like, you just battered the crap out of him. Very good. Let me tell you about this this one draw with a hand bow one sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So in a couple of days' time, you guys roll up to the city of Red Elk. There is a huge line of carts waiting to get into the city, and you guys just Park yourselves for a couple of hours. Um, is there anything you guys want to do while you wait to get in? I mean, it kind of sounds like the line to get into Burning Man. So Pretty I much. feel like partying would be appropriate. Okay. Is, um, you open a cast of there... and you start handing out drinks to the other wagoners. Um, they're all very appreciative. Actually, is, one of them this... has heard of Zargash, and he raises his ale and, and in good health and says, Bless you, Zargash! Bless you! And then tips his drink back. Bless you too, buddy. I love you, man. He looks a little confused, but, uh, you know, he's got his buzz on. He's okay. Are they, only, are they only stopping carts, or if, like, we go in on horses, will they let us through or on foot? They would stop you regardless of what you have. And I mean, just just ditching the wagon um, might be seen as a bit suspicious. Sure. But I was thinking maybe if we, we could, you know, two of us could go in on horseback and, well, the other two go through customs or something, but no. never mind. The, the Aiden, other just grab a drink. Look, Chill out. 
You, you may have handed out ale, but people aren't going to let you cut the line. Can we hand out ale to the guards? That might be seen as bribery. And what have you got to hide, Aiden? Well, nothing, because I'm, I'm, I'm lawful good. But not above murder. <laughs> he was asking for it. He wasn't asking for anything. He was Stephen Fry of Goblins. Um, a couple of hours pass. Your wagon rolls up to the gate. A couple of very, very bald-looking guards are standing there, and they just look at you. What are you guys carrying? Not much. We got this tapestry. We've got a little bit of food. You know what? We got this really, really cool bag that, you know what? There's a really funny story about this. See, we actually put it in the bag. I don't care, lady. Are you here on business? No, man. We're just hanging out. Where are you? You haven't heard of Dragon Sword? You haven't heard of Dragon Sword? Well, we're looking for gigs. He looks at you. He looks at Zargash, Gary, and Aiden. Another band of minstrels. All right, okay. Um, look, that'll be three gold for the use of the road and entry. Three? Really? Come on. I mean, look at us. Does it look like we're that rich? Does it look like we're that talented of a band? I You've mean, got a wagon and really? a flag. You've made use of the road for at least a few days. That's three gold. Thank you. All right, fine. Excellent. He puts the three gold into an official-looking box. What's the name of your band? Dragon Scorn. You haven't heard of us? No. He writes in there, well, four minstrels, can... Dragon Scorn. Here, you... you know what, man? Okay. Here, hold on. I've got a... I got something for you. We're going to be famous someday. So That's you just very nice. keep your... Keep that name in your head, Dragon Score, and it's going to be something you're going to want to know about. I've already forgotten Flag and Born. That's fine. <laughs> Look, don't cast any magic. Don't start any trouble. Where are you guys staying? Have you got somewhere to stay? No, nah, we don't have anywhere yet. Okay. Go on in. So your wagon trundles into the city. Um, oh, some tough rate diplomacy. Have, have would any of you ever been to the to one of the major cities? Anathesia, I suspect you potentially would have been, as a traveler. Yeah, probably back when my parents were still alive. Okay, um, I'll say you. I'll say you know the way to the Church of uh, Torniac from here. I mean, you've you've got a general idea of where the Temple District would be, so you're able to trundle the wagon along. Um, you push your way through the crowd, leading your wagons along the cobble roads. The horses' hoofs clash noisily against the cobbles as you drive through to the temple district. The church of Torniac sits upon a small hillock. Suited to the god of courage and battle, the temple is surrounded by an ornamental but defensively functional granite wall with small towers and arches stationed. Banners showing Torniac's fists hang along the wall and are embossed along the edges with golden thread that reflect the dying sunlight brilliantly. Um, you can see a couple of church guards standing out the front. Um, they kind of give you a look. What's your business? Well, 
Um, we got to talk to you, prelate uh, dude. Prelate, what's his name? What's his name, guys? Did... Look, the prelate's a very busy man. Unless you've got some kind of proof that you've got an appointment or something. Look, service is held every seventh day at 9 and 11 of the clock. Did, did we get like a letter or something? Yes. Should we tell them that Ziploc sent us? Look, Zephyr Irons totally sent us. We have a letter. He... What do we do? Um, you could show them the letter. All right. Yeah, we got this letter from Zephyr Irons. <laughs> One of them takes it, and he can see on that it, it has the seal of the Archprelate, and it has the prelate's name, Aurel, written on it. We're here yep. for Aurel. You hurt me. You hurt me very badly just now. <laughs> Josh sad. Um, the guard, the guard with the letter, runs inside. The other one says, um, he claps his hands, and a couple of other guards come along. He gives them instructions. Okay, you two, take the wagon, take their horses, and stable them. If you will, if you fall, will come with me, please. You are very quickly ushered in by a side gate um, by the guards who are wearing the same chainmail and tabards of the White Fist, showing their dedication. Um, the wagon is quickly unloaded. Um, there are no comments that a week of food seems to be missing. They don't say anything about that. And you're brought into the presence of the prelate of um, the Church of Red Oak. Um, Aiden, can you give me a D100 roll? I should have got you to do this before, but I forgot. Sorry. Oh, don't, Zargash, don't look at the roll. That's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. I just Zargash realized what that was. Um, Zargash can't read. It's okay. <laughs> okay, you roll a, a six and a nine. Very good. Let's move along. Nine and six? Um, what? Very good. Um... Aurel is a stern-looking man with an iron grey beard and long white hair. His eyes are deeply set in his face, and he has the look of an owl about him. Unlike the archprelate who wore simple garb, he is cloaked magnificently in pure snow-white garments. He wears an ornate, white-hilded blade at his side, and while he's certainly old, his movements betray no sign of weakness related to age. Um, he kind of looks like Christopher Lee as Saruman. Um, you can see a monomaniacal form of zealotry burning in his eyes. Um, Aiden, what is the result of your role um, with what will happen with Fluffy? Oh yeah, Fluffy. Um, That's right. According, yeah. according to the, according to our chart, um, he's pretty okay with it. With, yeah. With okay, our... great. So, before you guys can say anything, Fluffy bolts ahead and just jumps straight up onto him like four paws on his chest and starts licking him. Um, he seems a little confused, but yeah, he's, he's okay. He pats on the head and... Good dog. You have come at the right time. The Archprelate has sent you to Red Oak to uncover and punish evil, and I will gladly point you in its direction. 
I understand you will be tired after your journey. I give you the rest of the day to yourselves to rest or see the city at your leisure. You will, however, join me for my evening meal repast come seventh bell. I have some notables of the city dining with me, though of course I can accommodate you. Um, who? He claps his hands and a couple of orderlies come over. And again, they take your things and whisk them off to your rooms where you'll be staying. Um, you guys have probably got an hour or two. If you just want to kill I mean, some time. Uh, how ambitious do we want to be with trying to find this book, guys? I'm yeah, saying this got... quietly under my breath in case that matters. Well, um, yeah, you, you guys are alone. I mean, well, maybe a servant bustling about, but they're not really paying attention to you guys. I mean, I I now have the ability to make myself look like anyone. So uh, yeah, we should have just come in as um as the, the as yeah. Well, I don't want it. I didn't want to completely like I would. I wanted to get us in here legit first, but I'm thinking in theory at some point if we wanted to send me sneaking around, I could actually disguise myself like Arl um, to try and find the book. But I don't know if we want to do that in the first night. It depends. That's dangerous. Well, I think, I mean, we could we could walk around, we could wander around, and then if someone like st- stops us or or you, you know, you could oh sorry I got lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, like, you know, inno- innocent dumb, about it. Get some reconnaissance first. Try and figure out where we yeah. need to go, and then uh, at least start probing for you know uh, areas that we're, we know we're not supposed to be. Right. I mean, in theory, if there is one book, there are probably multiple books. So if we could. Uh, maybe just say that we want to learn more about the history of the town or of the, you know, the order or anything else like that. Theoretically, we could get somebody to point us in the right direction. Yeah, like maybe maybe Gary could uh, like go looking for the main library and see, you know, start looking that direction. Maybe there's a, a closed off area of like forbidden books that we could start. Yeah, you know, right. kind of just do that some recon. Like a good idea. All right. Get out, lay of the land. I'm gonna go look into the library. Like, hey guys, I like to read. Where is it? Cool. Um, Show me all your books. And we're probably gonna. Uh... Okay, well, look, you guys start wandering around. Um, you can find the library quite easily. I mean, the church has a library, and it's open to the lay members of the church. Um, you see a large dwarf behind the library desk, um, and this is an ancient looking dwarf is it um, just a normal sized person because a large dwarf doesn't seem right to me large as in he's fat all right just yeah. jacket husky okay. yeah he's a husky boy um he's wearing a huge set of eyeglasses and as you come in you can see him stamping books don't stamp on books it breaks them no like with a librarian stamp Ethan. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, dude. Uh, nice library you got here. What sort of books you got? Yes, we have books. It's a library. What did you expect? Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to have a bit of a look around. You got, like, any kind of Dewey Decimal System or other form of locating certain books? Um, well, it's down the hall if you need it. You'll see the picture of a man on it if you need it. 
All right. That's curiously specific. Uh, thanks, dude. You get on your stampin'. Uh, Ethan, you're not sure... Sorry, Gary, you're not sure if you heard a word you said. Yeah. All right. He's going to be really easy to sneak by, guys. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to... Well, maybe one of us could try to distract him while the others kind of fan out and search around, just in case. I, got, I can sneak by him. Trust me, I got this. Okay, well, I'm going to stay here with him and try and engage him in conversation so he does not become aware of you all wandering around. Hello, young lady. Can I help Hi you? There. Well, see, here's the thing. I, the ring? I like... I love that uh, Yes, no, uh, that's a great book. It's so good. I I was ho hoping you could help me find a specific book. A Pacific book? Yes, not an Atlantic book, a Pacific book. <laughs> well, if you go to the table over there, you sorry, the cabinet in the corner, you should find a list of books by their subject. Are all of the books in the library in the list? I have myself listed and, and, and catalogued all the allowable books we, have, we make available to the lay public, such as yourselves. Well, okay, what do you mean by allowable? Does that mean there are unallowable books? I cannot answer that question. Oh, come on. You, you look at me. I'm just curious and I really like to read, but you know, I've read all of the common books. I'm looking for something exciting, something special. Well, unless you have a note from the prelate himself, I'll not be unlocking that section. You can make use of one of our reading rooms, but no naked flames or naked anything else. We're not that sort of library. So you're saying that the, the prelate has uh, access to the, the cool special books, but not, but not anyone else. He is the prelate. He has his own keys. He can let himself in and out as he wishes. Well, I really appreciate you being willing to help me out. Of course. And he goes back to stamping his books. Um, uh, and hey, Amy, Amy. Hey. Yeah. Oh, dang it. That's all right. You finish what you got to do. Okay. I kind of pull her aside for, uh, away from the dwarf and I'm like, hey, why don't you walk out and then walk back back in as the as the, as Orel and just kind of be like, oh, I forgot my keys. You, could you mind just popping, you know, popping the lock open oh, for me? Yeah, yeah. I, I okay. So I've, let's see. And, and with that side conversation, we will leave the episode there for the day. Hop and lock. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Um, everyone, thank you again for um, listening along. We've got Twitters and everything. Um, and you can now email us at um, podcultured at gmail.com. Um, guys, I look forward to hanging out with you in next week when I'm not Also, home. please email the Dungeon Master as many puns as possible. <laughs> please do that, yes. Please do that. <laughs> Pod Culture Plays D&D is an independent creation, put together by myself and the other people you are listening to. I'd love to thank Gavin, the miracle of sound gun, for the use of his music. Please go buy it all, he's amazing. All the other sound effects come from internet libraries, 
If you have any queries, please contact us at Twitter at PodCultureDnd. Until next time, be good. <laughs>